This is Whiskey and Risk, a J. Crew podcast where we talk about all things risky while drinking a little bit of whiskey. I'm Max. And I'm Jackson. Well, let's get into it. Cheers. We are all on here. Ready to go when you're ready. All right. Welcome back to Whiskey and Risk. I'm your host, Max Katzbeck. And I'm Jackson Doyle. And today we have a, a really distinguished guest, Tom Krug, principal of our agency. To be our guest today on the show, and uh, we're excited to kind of dive in to his thought process on the agency, a little bit of background about our firm, and kind of the history of where we've been and, and where we plan to go. And we have mm-hmm. kind of a special announcement, I would say, about our agency overall for 2022, but we'll leave that to the end. Today, we're drinking Bullet Bourbon Frontier Whiskey. Jackson, what are your first thoughts on it? Uh, like I was just saying before we got going, I think it's pretty smooth. I like it. We were drinking a little of the Whistle Pig last week, and uh, this is pretty similar to me. Yeah, yeah. I've had this before. It's more of a common one to see, but I'm a big fan of it as well. And uh, straight from the Bullet Bourbon website, Bullet Bourbon is inspired by the whiskey pioneer by an old family recipe over 150 years ago. Only ingredients of the very highest quality are used. The subtility and complexity of Bullet Bourbon come from its unique blend of rye, corn and barley malt along with the special strains of yeast and pure kentucky limestone filtered water due to its especially high rye content bullet bourbon has a bold spicy character with a finish that's distinctively clean and smooth medium amber in color with gentle spiciness and sweet oak aromas Mm, you you, uh, taste that oak i do i do i was about to say that i really do Mid-palate is smooth with tons of maple, oak, and nutmeg. Finishes long, dry, and satiny with a light toffee flavor. I agree. I agree, too. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I'd say this is one of my more favorite uh, bourbons. Like I said, it's not super rare, so I've had it before, but always enjoy drinking it. Yeah, not going to break the bank, and it's got that quality to it. So Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So moving on, Jackson, what have you been up to lately? Give us a little rundown on the the day in the life of of Jackson. Yeah, I mean, nothing really crazy. You know, the last couple weeks did bring in um, an account, so we've been working on that. It's a long underwriting process, was a little bit more complex on the risk, but we did end up getting that across the finish line, which is always exciting, and it was you know, a larger opportunity, which for me, still getting my book under my feet and getting going was a big win for not only the agency, but myself. As of right now, currently, I'm happy with what I have in the pipeline. Got a lot of things working, but it's kind of in that middle ground phase. I'm We're in underwriting on a few accounts, still hammering the phones, cold outreach is going great, and looking forward to some, some renewals coming as the months go on too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I hear you hammering the phones. You sound great there, opening up new opportunities. And I know that account you just won was a real whale of an account. And uh, you put a lot of time and effort in there. And there was a little sweat at the end. There usually is. Nothing so sweet without a little bit of adversity. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Big win for you and the agency. Thank you. You have some things working as well, though. How have things been? Yeah, uh, I've been continuing to work on renewals. I'm actually heading out of town. Next week, I have a wedding in Dallas that I'm standing up in, so traveling down there. And then the following week, I'm heading to Europe for the first time in my life. So awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I'm flying into Zurich, Switzerland. From there, taking a train to Munich, and then from Munich, either Paris or Italy. The cool thing about this trip is 
one, I've never been to Europe, and two, I don't really have any plans while I'm there. So yeah, I'm gonna bring my backpack with my clothes and uh, <laughs> kind of wing it, which is you know scary to most, but I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and I think it's gonna be an awesome opportunity. So you know, obviously in my role, I'm always on, I'm always working. It doesn't matter if I'm on vacation or out of the country, I still have clients that need me and yeah. try to, you know, divvy it up to the, the home office as much as possible, but I still need to be there for my clients. So I'll be locked in. I've got a big new business meeting later in the week with a very large machinery dealer out of the Chicago land area. So gathering some underwriting information, this will be a new case for us or a new account for us. So gathering that information, gathering a copy of the policies, reviewing them, and then I will put together a submission for my insurance carriers and hopefully call them a new client. And then outside of that, just like I said, with being out, trying to get as many of my renewal right. done yeah. and as much upfront work as I can before I leave to make it as easy as possible for that renewal process. So I'm real excited about that. It's awesome. And I think moving on, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest on the podcast today on Whiskey and Wrist. Tom Krug, our fearless leader, principal and president of J. Krug and Associates. Tom, how the hell are you? I'm doing good. Thanks. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Looking forward to being yeah, here. Absolutely. Well, thanks for being on the show. We're really happy to have you and kind of dive into your background in the insurance industry and learn a little bit more about J. Krug and Associates. Why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of your focus and your role here at the firm? Yeah, aside from running the day-to-day operations and making sure everything runs smoothly, I still do produce and have a book of business that I manage and, and add to day in, day out. So I focus primarily in the commercial real estate space, along with some investment advisors and solving their needs for insurance and risk management. As far as my background, yeah, I grew up here. I grew up in the business. I've done every job in this agency that you could think of, everything from mailing to pulling files back before we had the computer system that we have now. Yeah. started when I was uh, 16 with my dad and my grandfather just coming in. And after school and after high school, I'd come in for about three hours and pull the T-files, which you right. guys don't even know about. Yeah. Right. There was this day when you had to pull a file from the file cabinet to look back at something that you might have done six months ago. So you had to pull those files and then put them back the next day. So that was my uh, primary function was the T-file guy. Running around the office, grabbing files. Basically, yeah. <laughs> what was great about that is pulling the files. Like I, I got to read a lot of the stuff in the file, like the claim files. And I just took an interest in just reading all these old files. I mean, it had nothing to do with me at the time, but kind of gave me the good background on how the actual industry worked. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And from there, I went to uh, study insurance and risk management at Illinois State University. Harvard of the Midwest. Exactly. Absolutely. And we've got a great thing going with them as far as recruitment and just being in touch and being a, a face for yeah. the university and them to us. So we're going to continue that as we have done. Yeah, that's our pipeline. Jackson went to ISU. I went to ISU. I think more than half of our office actually went to ISU. And a lot of the young talent that we have come yeah. from there. So. It's like the running joke. Oh, we, do we hire another ISU grad? Yeah. <laughs> we sure did. Yep. <laughs> from there, yeah. And then I uh, started with my dad after college. So during college, I did have a few internships. The most memorable one was in New Jersey. I interned with an employee benefits firm okay. on the Jersey Shore. So I spent the summer out there, which was a lot of fun. And nice. I, I learned a lot. Yeah. Nice a lot. place to internship. Yeah, I did learn a lot, though, from the veterans that uh, I was with. And we had a, it was just a great summer. And probably couldn't have done it without you know having that experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Getting exposed to that employee benefit side yes. too. I mean, that's kind of what I have done as well. And especially, you know, overseeing the agency as a whole, it's definitely got to be beneficial to have that experience and, and learn that side of things. I know you focus on property casualty, but that's an awesome experience. So, so what else? History of the firm? 
Yeah, we started in 1982, so we've been around for 40 years. Yeah. I like to say that we're like a 40-year-old startup company. Right. We've got the experience, but we got the young and energetic team to right. help us do what we need to do to serve our clients and grow the organization as a whole organically. How did it start, if you don't mind me asking? My dad and my, well, my grandfather was a third owner of an agency in the city. It's called. It was called Conkling Price and Webb, and my dad joined them after he uh, did a little stint at Aetna. Mm-hmm. For about three years there, they decided to go off on their own and start their own shop in the suburbs, which we started in Mount Prospect in 1982. And it just kind of grew organically. We're kind of a community-based insurance agency, and mm-hmm. you know, my dad did well for himself, but so did my grandfather. And I saw the opportunity in the business, decided I wanted to get into it and grow it. So yeah, yeah. Did your dad take the reins, and then when did you formally? take over. Because yeah, I would say that he bought my grandfather out. I don't know when that was, probably in the mid-90s. Okay. And then he worked for about 20 years. And then I bought my father out in 2017. Yep. And then in 2018, I kind of recapitalized it and brought in Jeff and Logan into ownership, sold them some stock. So yep. now we have the three of us as owners. And then we're certainly open to other talented individuals coming into ownership as their career flourishes. And we keep this thing going. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things that drew me to uh, J. Crew personally is Seeing the transition, being able to start off as an intern back in 2015, 2016, while I was going to ISU and yep. just I remember the to, email that you sent me. Yep. <laughs> that was my first sale was actually getting the internship and uh, perfect timing. Perfect know. timing. Yeah. And uh, I remember the old Mount Prospect office and when your dad was running it and then when you took over and to see, I mean, it was a great shop then, but to see kind of the transition from Mount Prospect to our new office in Itasca yeah. and growing this office out. And actually, we're about to knock down a wall in our office to add some more space as we're getting a little too big for this space. But to see from where we were back then, even five, six, seven years ago to where we are now, yeah. I think it's a very, very cool transition. And, and the ability to you know become a partner and the ability to grow and work with senior level management. And even for my clients, you know, when I have a question, to be able to walk into your office and get advice from you for one of my clients with one of their coverage questions or something like that, I think is truly invaluable and, and not something that you get at, you know, most places. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting. What do you know? Jackson? I say Jackson missed the uh, 1970s office buildings. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. I, I'm, I'm new. If you can, new. if you can envision a, a uh, involving insurance agency, it's going from a 1970s office building that's three stories high to a a high rise that has a million square feet. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. The best part about it, I did like the fact it was two blocks away from my parents' house when I used to live yeah, there. So better for you. Anyway. Waking up at seven fifty and getting to the office at eight o'clock, I would never do that. But if I ever had to, <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> yeah. The once in a while, the emergency visit. Yeah. I had to. <laughs> Yeah, I guess a main question I have, you know, growing up in the business and kind of you said you've had every job and have run all the operations that you had growing up here. What was the transition like going from like a producer working within the agency to then the initial year or a few months of then the responsibility falling on you of running the agency? Like, what was that like? It was... um interesting it was kind of like culture shock and like yeah you're so used to producing and chasing deals and you know you get excited about waking up and going to a networking event and saying hey maybe i'm going to meet my new my next best client you know today my a number one client at this networking event yeah it was just a big transition shift from those days to like then doing the day-to-day of hey we got hr issues today or we have this uh lease issue going on with the building this other day or just the other random stuff that's not sales and revenue generating focus and it's just a mentality shift of not working on sales but working on the business as a whole and 
recruiting and working with carriers and the, the relationships we have with the sales reps from those carriers. So right. yeah, definitely a big transition. I still like them tr- transitioning now because I feel like every day I'm less and less in the sales and account management role and more so in the running of the business role. And it's just interesting, but yeah. it, has, it takes a little toll on your brain because you're like, oh, I'm, I'm so used to this and I'm successful at this. Can I be successful at this other thing that I need to do on a day-in, day-out basis? So. Right. So does it fire you up? When, I mean, obviously, you still have a book of business that you've had clients for a number of years, and they would you know, love to continue to work with you, which they do. Does it fire you up when you get a new f- hot referral from them? You get to work on a new business case? Or kind of what's your thought process on that? that new business side? Yeah, it definitely fires me up because it kind of brings me back to my roots of sales and producing. And yeah. uh, I get more excited about handing it off and bringing a younger producer in to work on it together and kind of mentor that person. Yeah. You know, just talking before the show, we had a we had a lunch meeting with a new prospective client last week. It was a great lunch meeting. Uh, I brought a young producer with us, newer to the firm, and we had a, a great meeting and we're going to end up working the deal. So I get excited about working that with him and sharing the hopefully win with him and learning and growing together. Yeah, that's awesome. Kind of the circle of life, if you will. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I think with that being said, you know, we've talked a little bit about where, you know, the transition. So I think I'm finally able to say this out loud. A little birdie told me that we did win the Illinois 2022 Agency of the Year. Is that correct? Yeah, just uh, announced today from us. Uh, I think a few other people have announced it, but yeah, we did win the Illinois Independent Agency Association's uh, award for Large Agency of the Year, which yeah. is uh, great. It's a testament to yeah. the work we've put in over the last 15 years to grow organically and become bigger and better and serve our clients in a more meaningful way. Yeah, absolutely. I know I'm fired up about it. I'm, I'm screaming it from the, the mountaintops. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's an awesome accomplishment. Obviously, there can only be one greatest agency of the year every year. And for us to to get it and to see kind of where we were at to where we've grown to be and to get that recognition, I think it's a huge testament to our, our team here, first and foremost, and almost equally a, a huge testament to our clients that keep renewing with us every year right. and the ability that we're able to provide them with value and advise them that award is definitely a great recognition. So with that being said, I know a lot of our peers in the industry, the larger firms, there are a lot of agency acquisitions going on. So I'm just curious with that new award, how many calls a week do you get from the the big brokers looking to buy us? I haven't haven't gotten any since the uh, the award was announced, but I'm sure they'll be banging on the doors. I probably get at least four or five a month phone calls or, you know, email outreach. Hey, we've helped so-and-so, you know, transition their agency and their exit strategy. Can we help you? And Jeff Logan and I have committed to remaining independent and staying, you know, continue our path of organic growth. Right. It's hard to turn those calls down. And, you know, sometimes, you know, depending on the day that you have, you we all go through good days and bad days. Right. But you just got to take yourself back. Hey, we committed to this plan and we set the plan in motion and it's working and we just need to continue it. So yeah, the calls come in, but they just go to the delete box pretty quickly. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. And the fact that you guys are are staying committed to being independent and, you know, compared to our peers, I think we're a younger overall age-wise firm with a lot of energy and pretty unique in our space. And I think that, like I said, that's unique in in the industry overall. So for you guys to stay committed to that is a, a big reason why I want to stay at J. Krug and why I love my job here. I agree completely. Um, it was actually a huge sell point for me, you know, when I interviewed. And I think there's a lot to say in that, in the overall culture that we, you know, we have in the office day in and day out. There's a certain hunger that people have to want to grow. We share in each other's successes. And I feel like there's just a general excitement for everybody to do their best and bring their best to the agency. And 
I don't know if that would be the same case if that commitment wasn't there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think something that is unique and that helps us out as well is, like we said, a lot of the, the big shops do grow by acquisition and a lot of our competitors are being acquired by the large brokers of the world, which on one end, you know, it could be scary that these large agencies and brokerages are growing like that. But really the way that I look at it is that's so much opportunity for us because there's so many business owners out there that would have been 10, 15 years ago, very, very happy with an agency like J. Krug that really prides themselves on the service. They're not just looking to acquire anybody and everybody and grow and we're not tied to stockholders or anything like that. And I think a lot of business owners when they're with an agency that's acquired, if they were maybe a big fish in a small pond with that previous agency, well, now they're a small fish in, a, in an ocean. And sometimes that service level drops off. And um, a lot of the lower middle to middle market clients that we're bringing in these days are finding service issues with their previous agent that, you know, we come in and, and give them a taste of the J. Krug life and, and really improve and add a lot of value to their insurance policies but um, also just give that consultative approach and are with them to answer their needs throughout the year, not not having to call a 1-800 number. And right. for us, that's a huge, huge opportunity in where we're seeing a lot of our growth come from. Yeah, I would agree. It's like uh, like just any business working with the relationship, you know, it's always got to be a relationship thing. You got you to... Gotta... If you have a problem, you don't want to be calling a service center line or someone that you don't know. You want right. to call hey, your banker or your attorney that you've worked with for the last 15 years and have a relationship with because they'll pick up the phone and help you get stuff done when you need it most. Right. Absolutely. So I know we've kind of talked about, you know, where our agency started, kind of the transition, but over the past years, what would you say is been the biggest evolution in your opinion over the past five years. And then I'll counter that and say, you know, where do you see the agency in five years from now? I think the biggest evolution is going from a family owned business to a, like I talked about the recapitalization and we're not family anymore. We are different outside ownership, although people work in the business and then we have newer talent, a a good recruiting process from local schools that we bring in and we got the training program down. It's kind of a well-oiled machine at this point. So moving out of the office, the old office building is having a nice office to come to every day that's got amenities with it that everyone everyone enjoys. Good recruiting tools. Yeah, absolutely. So we're, like you said earlier, we're looking at expanding our office space here and a time when most offices are shrinking their office space, we're actually going the other way and we need more space. So that's kind of fun and interesting at the same time. And five years, I just think we'll continue to keep on the path of organic growth, keep recruiting from local schools, ISU especially, and uh, yeah, keep bringing people in that are talented and want to be successful and have the drive to jump on the train with us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much potential. And I saw it back then, even when your dad, you know, ran the company and I knew he was transitioning out, you'd be taking over. And for me as a 21-year-old intern, I think I've talked about in the past, but like, you know, when you're in the producing role, you were still going to the networking events and I was just an intern, just turned 21. For me to go with you, you, I would drive with you downtown of the city. We'd go to these high-rise buildings, meeting with these commercial real estate brokers, these really, you know, successful business owners. And it was a life and a kind of a group of individuals that I had never been exposed to growing up. And to go to these networking events and, hey, I'll take a Johnny Walker on the rocks. And I didn't even know what a Johnny (laughs) Walker was at that point. Now, the hangovers in the morning were not fun, but just being able to see that and go with you to, to those environments and see how you interacted with people and and it was never salesy. It was, if you need help, let me know. And if I can't help you, I'll be honest with you. That kind of approach, I I really learned a lot from you. And uh, I thought that was a really unique thing. And to see it continue to grow has just been 
just been awesome. So yeah, I agree. You know, the good old days we used to go down to those networking events and the good old days stay out late. Fun fact that one time we came home from the networking event, you got a call from your wife. You had to drop me off pretty quickly. And why was that? She was in labor with our first child. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Max, I gotta drop you off. We gotta go right now. Yeah. I think we were on a boat cruise that night. We were on a boat cruise. Nothing like being stuck on a boat when your wife's in labor. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go back right now. Yeah. <laughs> No, that was a good time. I always remember that. So kind of piggybacking off that, actually unrelated, but in your role, I know you said you've had the transition from kind of hunting and, and sales to now overseeing the agency as a whole and dealing with a, a ton of different, you know, new responsibilities. But overall, what's the number one challenge that you you face in your role? I'm just kind of interested to hear, you know, the, the background of, of ownership and, you know, maybe things that we're not thinking of that you have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. I would say the challenge, the number one challenge would be like we built this great team as from sales to service to just general administration team. So we got the, the new new business, you know, the opportunities are coming in and they're plentiful and they're good opportunities that, you know, from my, my perspective. Right. It's just like getting the carriers on board to say, hey, we, we've worked so hard to build this team and get these opportunities in the door. You as Mr. Carrier, you know, whatever, you want to write business too. So like we got these opportunities, how can we get them done? Because it seems like now it's kind of like a harder market in the insurance industry. So getting these opportunities in is hard in the first place. So you get a live opportunity and then you'd think you'd have these insurance companies lining up to write these good opportunities. And it's it's kind of the opposite. They say, oh, we, we don't like this portion of this business that you're submitting to us. So we're going to just decline the whole thing. Right. Like, well, no company is just a four wall flower shop and not going to have any exposure. I mean, they, otherwise they wouldn't need insurance in the first place. So right. just that the game of, you know, oh, we want to decline it, but then just trying to push them through to write the, the new opportunities that we have or the existing clients that we have. That's been the challenging thing in the most recent past. Yeah, I think, and Jackson, let me know your thoughts on this too, but I think what people don't realize is, you know, you think of commercial insurance broker, commercial insurance agent. A lot of what people think is, hey, we're, you know, we're cold calling, we're reaching out to businesses, we're trying to develop new opportunities, which is true, especially when you're starting off, you're trying to get in the door. But the other hard part that people don't realize is, hey, now that we have an opportunity, we work on our business owner's behalf. We need to pretty much sell, resell your account to the carrier, to the yep. underwriter, which can be frustrating at times. I know, Jackson, you've had a great deal of, you know, newer, colder opportunities from your prospecting efforts. Kind of what's your take on that? I mean, I agree that it's <laughs> it's almost a two-sell process. Like I try to say from the beginning, when you get a new opportunity, you know, you're, you're building the relationship with the potential client. But the more communication, the better, the more narrative that we can give right. to our, you know, the carriers that we partner with, the better that everybody's going to be off in the long end. Because, you know, the more information that we can get, let's say that there's some claims and there's things that have just happened in the past that might not be a clear reflection of how the operations go as a whole with the company. If we can give more dialogue to a situation than they can read on a piece of paper, the better that the overall premium is going to be and the better that I think the relationship with the client would be if you onboard them because you've already built that trust, you've built the communication, you know how the process is going to go year over year and that they get a feel that we're going to vouch for them in any way that we can to get them the best, you know, the best price. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another thing is, you know, like like Jackson said, the more information up front that we can get as advisors, as your broker, the better. I think it's easier to get that information when it's a referral in which everyone always wants. It's an easier sale. It's, you're, you know, someone has a need, but... You know, when you're starting off, you need to do the cold outreach. Even when you're established, you need to do the cold outreach. And companies say, hey, you know, quote my insurance, but I'm not going to tell you what I pay right now. I'm not going to give you a copy of my policies. Not that we never just quote off of the policies that we're given. You know, we go through the analysis, see what their needs are. But 
having those documents to see, hey, where are you at now? And upfront, hey, I can help you. Or, hey, you're in a really good program right now. I can't help you. You should you should remain there. Right. Um, the more information that you can give up front, telling us about your claims, telling us about your experience, your, your rates, your coverages, the more that we can add value and kind of sell it to our insurance carriers. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's that's, that's a good one. That's like my number one pet peeve is when you get the, uh, yeah. you, know, you get a referral or someone wants to engage you to do business and then they send over the policies with all the premiums whited out. It's like the premiums really don't matter. That I mean, we're gonna bring the most competitive option to the table that we have no matter what. You know, right, right. whether we see your premiums or you black them out and you try to hide them from us. I mean right. they always and that's funny, they always forget that to black out the rate and the exposure so we can back into the premium anyways. Right. It doesn't really matter. They're just wasting time whiting out their their policies. But Yeah, hey if yeah, if your if your premiums are good and you have the right. best coverage in the world, I'm not gonna waste your time and I don't right. wanna waste my time. So. Say, if you got something good, there's no reason for us to jump in and right. you know, s- screw up a good thing. Right. And Absolutely. We'll wait, we'll wait our turn to help you in the, the way that we can help you and maybe that's a different area. Absolutely. Yeah, the price game has always been an interesting uh, dynamic for me with some of these buyers in the insurance world, whether it's a homeowner's policy or like a large business. The price is the price. You know, if you can't just buy the cheapest thing. I, I was telling you earlier, like I use the analogy, you buy an insurance policy for like the worst case scenario. It's like buying a parachute if you fall out of an airplane or something. Do you want to buy the cheapest parachute that you could possibly find in the market and maybe it won't open when you absolutely need it? Right. I don't, I wouldn't want to do that. Me either. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying you got to overpay for insurance and insurance policies, but you should understand the value that you're getting when you compare like a Geico that's cheap, cheap, cheap or a Chubb policy. You know, Chubb's going to show up with a check when you absolutely need it. Yeah. Right. Right. It's just the the funny dynamic of insurance buyers and how they operate. The price game. Yeah. And I, I remember your dad always told me this one line. He was, you know, I had a client, you know, gave him a proposal and said, oh, that's too much. I think it was a new business. He said, Okay, well, what do you want to spend in premium? You know, tell me what you want to spend, and then I will get you whatever, you know, that covers, which, I mean, at the end of the day, isn't going to be much. It's not going to be what you need. Right. But you tell me how much you want to spend, and I'll get you coverages for that. Right. And we'll carve out all the other access. Carve out all the stuff that you need, and you can say you have insurance, but then when you actually need to use it, it's not going to be- Don't plan on filing a claim. Yeah. So at that point, you know, there's no point. So Well, you know, I think this is really good. Tom, thanks for joining us on Whiskey at Risk. It's a great conversation today. I agree. Yeah, great conversation. Always. Yeah, thanks for having me. It. Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome anytime. And also shout out to Ricky. Shout out Ricky. Uh, our our fantastic behind the scenes master, making us sound a lot better than we are. So we appreciate you for that. With all that being said, cheers, everyone. Cheers. cheers. Thank you. Cheers. cheers.